right, we are doing Psachim Daf Lamid Vav, and we're starting five, six lines down. Tana Rabbana. Rabbi taught here from Abe Rice. We're talking about what types of grains uh, you can use to make matzah. We're talking about if there are different other Yisurim or other Dinim on the grain, whether it can still be used to make matzah. You might think that you could use uh, Meiser Shani grains if you're in Yerushalayim. Remember, Meiser Shani is you take up the new grains in Yerushalayim, you eat it there. So you're totally allowed to eat in Yerushalayim. So you're not doing anything, you're not doing an Avera, even though we learned yesterday's daf that if you do an Avera uh, by eating the chum, by eating the, the some other Isser, Made into matzah, you're not yotze the mitzvah, but here you're not doing this. You're eating ma'aser sheni in Yerushalayim. That would seem to be fine. So the Gemara says, oni." The Torah says about matzah that it's bread of oni. That's the way it's pronounced. So oni, we're going to say, means ba'aninus. It means types of matzah that can be eaten in a state when a person is an onin. When somebody's closest relatives die, they become an onin until well, it's a whole question until exactly when, but definitely right after. Right after the death, a person is an onim. So oni, kind of with an, even though the Torah spells it with an I, in lacham oni, it sounds similar to the word oni with an aleph, like aninos. So we say that it has to be lacham oni, bread that can be eaten while a person is an onim. Even when a person is in grief, a person is very sad, they would be able to eat this matzah. What does that mean to exclude matzah that's made from my ninos. You can't eat it when you're an onim. You have to eat it when you're besimcha. And that's the idea. It's supposed to be. Matzashini has to come with a state of simcha, specifically happiness. And this is right there in the Torah. The Torah says, that you don't eat from the Matzashini while a person is an onin. It's prohibited to do that. An onin is overcome with his grief. He's not allowed to partake in the, in the Matzashini stuff. So the Torah here is saying that matzah has to be type of matzah that you could eat when you're an onin. That would exclude uh, eating matzah that's Matzashini. That's Rabbi Yossi opinion that you can't be Yodze matzah from Matzashini even in Yerushalayim. Come on, it says the word matzo so many times, it repeats the word matzo so many times in the Torah, and we're coming to include matzo that's made from Maiser Shani. So we have a dispute if you could be Yotze or not. Rabbi Kiva continues, according to me, that you could be Yotze, so why is the Torah saying the word oni? It comes to exclude matzo made if the dough had also wine, oil, honey in it. Since that's called matzo ashira, it's not poor man's bread, it's rich, it's rich man's bread, there's other ingredients. So you're not Yotze because it's not lechem oni. Lechem oni means poor man's uh, poor man's bread. Okay, very good. Now the Gemara says, why didn't Rabbi Akiva hold like Rabbi Yosef? In my time Rabbi Akiva, what was the reason for Rabbi Akiva? We had a beautiful drasha of um, Oni being related to grief, being related to Aninus. Why did Rabbi Akiva not like that drasha? So he responds, Miksiv Lechem Oni. Did it say Lechem Oni? Now, this is one of those creeing sifs. Uh, it says in the Torah, Ayin Nun Yud. It doesn't have Ayin Vav. So the pron- it's pronounced as Oni as if there's a Vav. But it doesn't really say that. The way it's written without the Vav, it sounds like Ani, poor. So since it was missing the Vav, Rabbi Akiva, um, Rabbi Akiva expounded as if it was Ani, poor man, as opposed to Oni, the bread that can be eaten even during grief. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yosef, Lili, he responds, Miksiv Ani, Mi Karina Ani, but the way we pronounce it is not Ani, the way we pronounce it is Oni. So it's a Korean Xiv. It doesn't have the Vav, but we pronounce it as if it had the Vav. So I have the right to expound Oni to relate it to the word Oni, my grief, because that's the way we pronounce it. So the Gemara says back, according to Rabbi Akiva, that we expound it more with the way that it's that it's written, Oni, the poor man's bread. Ah, Lamaisa, we pronounce it Oni. What do we expound with? What do we expound based upon the way that it's pronounced? So the Gemara says, Rabbi Akiva, I decree about Oni. This that we pronounce it Oni, Kiddushmol. 
comes to tell you what Shmuel said. Amr Shmuel Lechem Oni. What does that mean? Lechem Shoner loves Rav Harvey. It's bread that we say many things about the bread. On Seder night, Oni is like La'anot, to answer, to say. And we say many things over the bread. We use the bread when we say the halal. And the Haggadah happens to be, I said halal because Rashi says that. But it's a very, very puzzling Rashi. Do you really say halal? Uh, over the matzah. Everybody knows that you say the Haggadah over the matzah. The matzah is supposed to be present during Magad and you say the Haggadah over, over the matzah. But Rashi does throw in halal as well. And that's really the Lashon. Sha'onun love Dvarim Harvey. There are many things that are said over. What are the many things that are said over? You say over the Haggadah, right? Maybe that's where Rashi got it that it's also uh, that you say over the halal. But, so on any rate, we end up with the Machlokas between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yosef Lili, if you could use matzah for Maish Hashem and Yishalayim, Rabbi Yosef Lili says you cannot. He expounded only from, from like the way it's pronounced, the only bread of my grief that excludes the bread of my sashim, which can't be eaten in grief. Rabbi Akiva expounded it more ani, the poor man's bread. He didn't expound that way. And uh, Rabbi Akiva says, says the way it's pronounced is come to tell me, Lacham Shaun or to Okay. Now we go back. We just had Rabbi Akiva talking about making matzashir. So the Gemara asks, Is it really true that Rabbi Akiva says that matzashir is no good? If it has other ingredients in the dough, you can't be say But it says differently in a It says in a You're not allowed to knead dough during Pesach with wine, oil, or honey. Because it's dangerous for it to become Muhammad's from Lush. And if you did need it that way, you should burn it right away. So what's the idea? Normally when water hits when water makes contact with the flour, so so you have like uh eighteen minutes, you know, the famous eighteen minutes before eleven. Rabbi is nervous, it was when there's wine besides for water. So then what happens is it leavens quicker. And uh, it's very, very difficult to bake it fast enough before it's going to become chametz. So he says you shouldn't need such a dough b'chlal because of the accelerated leavening process. And if you do, Rabbi Gamliel is recommending that you burn it immediately. No, you could be eaten. You can eat it. According to the Chachamim, maybe it's true, you shouldn't put the wine into the dough on Pesach. But they say if you did, you don't have to go burn it. You're allowed to eat it. <coughs> they say it's not impossible for it to turn into, for, it's not inevitable that it will turn into chametz. So it sounds like we have a machlokas here in the Metzias. Gamliel says that when you knead the dough with wine, it's inevitable it will turn chametz. And the Chachamim says it's not, and you, you could in fact eat it. Now we get a third view of Amr Rabbi Akiva, Shabbatsu, he says, Rabbi Lazar Yeshua. One time he was living, I guess it was Pesach, with Rabbi Lazar Yeshua. The last Yachal Yishemim he made the dough with them and he put in wine, oil, and honey. They didn't say anything to me. Meaning, it's totally okay. He says, you go for it, no problem. The bride says more, even though you're not supposed to knead the dough with wine, the katham bow, you can still smear a little bit on the top of the dough with wine. Meaning you can't pour it into the dough, but you can smear a little bit on top. So the Gemara explains, Asim the Tanakama, it sounds like that last statement is going back to the Tanakama. Rabbi Akiva had just said that it's Lachatchila to even put the wine into the dough. And now we're, and, 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 and he brought the proof because Rabbi Yeshua didn't say anything to him when he did it. Now the bride is saying, even like the Tanakama, that you're not supposed to put the dough in, but you still are allowed to smear the top of the dough with one of those liquids. There's no problem with smearing the top. Okay, and now the Brisa continues. The Chachamim say that no, they don't agree to that discrepancy between putting it in the dough and smearing it. There's a Chachamim's opinion. Liquid that you're allowed to knead a dough, you could smear on top of the dough as well. But if it's a type of liquid that you can't use in the kneading, you cannot smear it with it as well. So since the we say you're not supposed to put wine in, you also shouldn't smear the dough at the end with one of these as well. So we have a bunch of different opinions. And then the Brisa finishes off. And everybody agrees. And you shouldn't knead the dough with lukewarm water. Lukewarm water is very bad because it leavens it quicker. You're only supposed to use cold water. So even Rabbi Kiva, the most lenient opinion was Makel to use wine. He does agree that lukewarm water cannot be used. So 
The bottom line is, we had a big dispute here in the prize about using other liquids in the dough on Pesach. We had the most extreme Rebbe Gamliel who said it inevitably turned Chametz Lechametz Lechatchila not, but the evidence okay. And then Rebbe Akiva saying even Lechatchila you could. So what happened? We learned before from Rebbe Akiva the Lechem Oni says as we pour man's bread and therefore you can't be Yotzei Matzah if it has other ingredients like wine. And here we see that Rebbe Akiva is saying Lechatchila you could use such a bread on Pesach. The Gemara answer is low kasha. There's no difficulty. I'll be on Tavrishan. The first price that we were talking about before was talking about on the first night of Pesach. The first night of Pesach is a chiv ti matzah. The chiv ti matzah you can only fulfill if it's lechamoni. And if you have other things in the go and the ingredients in the dough, it's not poor man's bread. You're not yote. That's what Rabbi Akiva was talking about when he said you're not yote. I'll be on Tavrishan. This other price I was talking about in general. Let's say it's the second day of Pesach. You don't have a chi of ti matzah. If you want to eat bread, you can only eat matzah. You can't eat chametz. But there's no chi of ti matzah on the second day of Yantif. So there, the only thing I have to worry about is, is not that it's poor man's bread. I just have to worry about that it's not chametz. So here Rabbi Akiva holds that, there's, that it's totally fine. You could put in wine into the dough and we're not choshish that it's going to become chametz. So there's two different dinim. There's a din on the first night. You have a chi of matzah to eat that has to be lechem only. There can't be any wine mixed in. And there's a different din. On Yantiv uh, Sheni, you just have to make sure that it doesn't become chametz. And we see this because Amr Yishua the Bnei was one time Yishua said to his children, on the first day of Pesach, don't put milk into the dough into the one ingredients because it wouldn't be lachamoni. But from then on, you could in fact need it for me with milk. Okay, so now the Gemara just wants to, because again, after the first day, so now there's no problem. There's no din that you have to have lechem oni after the first day. So therefore, there was able, he was able to put milk into the, into the matzah on the second day of Pesach. So the Gemara asks, a new question about Tanya, how are you allowed to put milk into the dough? It says in the price, if you're never allowed to milk, you're not allowed to put milk into the dough anytime. Forget about Pesach. And if you did, you're never allowed to eat the bread. Because it might bring to sin. Why? Because someone might not realize that the bread is, is, is milk eggs. And they might come to eat the bread with meat. And they'll be over on Pesach. So then there's a din, that they said, you're not allowed to put milk into the dough. So how could Rabbi Yeshua be instructing his children to do that for him during Pesach? So the Gemara answers, On the first day of Pesach, don't put honey into the dough. From then and on, you could put in honey. Meaning the Gemara is agreeing, it could not have been milk. It must have been a different story. It was a story of honey. Says the Gemara, you might say more another answer. The Olamachava really could be milk. Ah, you want to know that you're not allowed to put milk in dough. The answer is that that's only true when you're making a large dough. But if you only make a little bit of dough, it's mutter. Because Amar, like Ravina said, Torah. if you make it just like the eye of an ox, meaning a small amount, that's okay. Echonami Torah is just a small amount because since you usually eat them right away, so there's no chashash, there's going to be anything left over. That would be eaten with the meat. So it's only a problem to make dairy dough, dairy bread, if you're having, making it in a large amount. Okay. Now we get back to that line in the price that we mentioned before. We had a whole mach locus if you're allowed to knead the dough uh, when you're making matzah with other ingredients or if we're scared that it's for sure immediate, immediately going to become chametz. So we said one thing is that even everybody agrees, shav and shein, lashin, seeds, babashin. You're certainly not allowed to use lukewarm water. So lukewarm water, it sounds like it's just too dangerous for it to become chametz. The Gemara asks, minachos, why is this different than the matzah that's used by a mincha? Now a mincha, what's the din? There's also a din that most minchas, a few exceptions, but most minchas offered in the base of Mekdash are not allowed to be chametz. So you have the same exact restriction. You have to guard them from becoming chametz. And yet, it's not, it says in the Mishnah, kol ha-minachos nilashos proposal, that all minachos are needed with lukewarm water. They would use lukewarm water because that's the best for making the dough. They would just be very careful to make sure it didn't leaven. So over there we see that you could just be careful. You put in lukewarm water and you're careful that it doesn't leaven. So how come here in the din of matzah, we're saying that you can't use lukewarm water because we're concerned it's going to leaven. 
So the Gemara answers, reason. If they said that you could use lukewarm water with reason, koan imr's reasoning. They're very, they're very conscientious. They're very focused. They can be guarded. They can guard things properly. Yomer reason. Should we also apply that to people who aren't uh, like that, just regular persons? So meaning matzah that's made by a regular person, we don't trust them as much, and therefore we say they shouldn't use lukewarm water. In the base of mikdash for the kohen, that's not a problem for him to use lukewarm water in preparing the mincha. That's more acceptable. Says the Gemara, if the idea is that kohenim can be trusted so much more. You know what else you should be able to do when you're making mincha? The kernels of the wheat should be soaked in the water before before the bran, the bran is taken off. They used to, if you want to make the best type of flour, so you would soak it in a little bit of water before you take away before you take away the hus. So, so if that's the best thing to do, so even though you're soaking the water very early, but if konim are so is reason, we should allow them to do that. And yet, it was said that in the that the wheat kernels used for the mincha, they're not allowed to be soaked before they're taken out of the hus because we're concerned that it might turn into chamit. So I don't get it. Do we trust konim more than normal or do we not? If we do, and that's why we allow them to use lukewarm water in the dough, which we don't allow for Pesach, then we should also allow them to do the process of lesisa, which is when you're putting the kernels, you're soaking them in the water uh, before before the bran is removed. So why don't we let them do that? So the Gemara says, Lisha reason Isa, because the kneading of the dough is done by the Kohanim. And therefore, they can be careful. But lesisa leisavaz reason the soaking of the kernels before they're even ground that's not done by the kohanim. It's done before they're, it's even in the base of mikdash. What happens? A person wants to bring a mincha, so he brings flour to the base of mikdash. He already has done this back at home. He's already gotten to the stage that it's in flour. So when you're talking about making the dough, that's done by the kohanim in the base of mikdash. So very good. So there, we trust the kohen. You can do it with lukewarm water. But the lesisa, which is done before the grinding, before it gets to flour, which is done by ordinary common people outside the base of mikdash, therefore you do not trust them. Says the gemara. But wait a second. Still, lishem isavas reason. Is it always true that the kneading of the mincha is done by the kohenim? It says by the mincha. So before you pour the oil, we pour the oil over the flour, and then you bring it to the kohenim, and the kohen does the kmitzah. So we expound from there. Make kmitzah ve'elach mitzvus guuna. That kohenim are, are required only from the kmitzah on. This teaches us that regarding the pouring and the mixing of oil, which is done before the kmitzah, anyone can do it. So the kneading of the dough, which takes place even before that. Certainly can be done by anybody. The first mention of the Kohen in the Avoda is only when he goes ahead and do the Kamitza. But before that point of the Kamitza, anything can be done by a non-Kohen. So again, when we're talking about making the dough, and it says it can be made with a mincha with lukewarm water. So we've originally been trying to say, hey, since it's made by a Kohen, we can trust them more. But now we're realizing that it's really a mistake to say that the, that the um, kneading of the dough was performed by a Kohen. So the Gemara answer is Lisha in regard to the needing need of his reason. Lisa, you're right. It doesn't have to be done by a coin themselves. But Mamakum's reason, Esau, was done in the place of Zrizim. It's done inside the base of Mikdash. In other words, they would do it inside. They would do it inside the base of Mikdash. The Amar Mar, like it was said, the mixing of the oil could be done even by non-Kohen. If it's done outside the, the Azara, it's no good. So it should be done specifically inside the Azara. So therefore, the Rabbana were makel to use lukewarm water. So it's an idea that being in the Azara, you're going to be more careful, even though it's not being done by a Kohen necessarily. But the fact that it's being done, reason in the Azara, we can trust people to use lukewarm water. But the exclusion of the, the idea was soaking the kernels before you want to turn it into flour. First of all, 
all it's not done by Kohen. If Lobo Malkam is reason, it's not even done in a, in a place that people are going to be conscientious about it. So therefore, we forbid it. So after all is said and done, it makes sense. Lukewarm water cannot be done. We don't trust common people. Uh, but we do trust them to do use lukewarm, and that's why by by, comment, by matzah you're not supposed to do lukewarm water. However, you could trust common people in the base of Mikdash to do it, but only because they're going to be in the Azar. Says the Gemara Ma'ajim Minchas Omer. Why is it different that by the Minchas of the Omer, the Minchas of the Omer brought on the second day of Pesach from the new harvest, right from the barley, which was matzah, all the chadash. The Tanya says in Bryce Minchas Omer lo that the kernel for the mincha they would soak it and put it in a pile. So we see that the kernels were soaked that they did do lusisa. So how come we're saying a regular mincha? We don't trust people to do lasisa since it's not done in the base of mikdash. By the mincha's omer, it says that we did, they did lasisa. So the gemara answer is tzibur shiny. There it's because it's a mincha of a tzibur. It was done by a tzibur. So who was in charge of it? The basin was in charge of it. So obviously we can trust the basin to oversee it and do it properly. But a regular private mincha, which is just brought by an individual, there we don't trust them to do lasisa. And then we say don't do lasisa. Just bring it and do um, regular. Make it without it. Okay, continues the Gemara. So we spoke about Machlokas Rabbi Yisraelim and Rabbi Akiva about using Meitzer Sheni in Yerushalayim for Matzah. So now Taner Rabbanon Yachol Yotzei Adam Nechvas Bikurim. You might think that a Kohen could be Yotzei Eschiv Matzah with Bikurim, right? Bikurim, any one of the first seven grains that are given to the Kohen, so you could have wheat. So let's say someone gave the Kohen wheat, so it's Bikurim. So maybe you, you would think that the Kohen could use it for Bikurim. He's allowed to eat it. Tamalomar the pasuk has wherever you live, you're supposed to eat matzah. So we darshan up. What do you mean wherever you live? We we expound this follows matzah that could be eaten wherever you live. That you could be yotzi for the chiv. Yotzi Bikurim. This excludes Bikurim. You're not allowed to eat it wherever you live. It's only allowed to be eaten in Yerushalayim. That's the halacha. The Torah says beferish. A bikurim can only be eaten like truma in Yerushalayim. That's where Bikurim is expounding. So even though it's mutter for the Kohen to eat the Bikurim, he can't make matzah out of it because it's not b'chomosh v'seich. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Rabbi Akiva says, we can learn it in a different way. Matzah, umar. It always says matzah together with mar. Ma mar, she'en bikurim. Just as mar vegetables are not bikurim, they're not one of the seven species. Af matzah, so too matzah, she'en bikurim. It has to be made from something that is not bikurim. A new drasha from Rabbi Akiva to explain why bikurim is not found. E, Rabbi Akiva questions himself. Just as marar is something that the species itself can't be bikurim. So maybe matzah should have to be made from something that not only that it happens not to be bikurim, maybe the species itself can't be bikurim, and we should exclude, in general, using wheat. Maybe you can't make matzah from wheat or barley because their, their species are subject to bikurim. You should compare it to marar and say, just as the species of marar is not doesn't have the mitzvah bikurim, so too the species of matzah shouldn't have shouldn't should, uh, shouldn't be subject to bikurim. So maybe you can't use wheat and barley, and you would have to use the other types, the oats, the rye, and the spelt. So the Gemara says back, Tamalomar, there's no such thing. Matzah, matzah, three blood says matzah a bunch of extra times, and we use from there that you could use uh, wheat and barley, even though it's the species that bikurim uh, can come from, and we were only excluding if it actually was bikurim. So wheat that is bikurim cannot be used, but wheat that is not bikurim could be used. And we don't say since it's the species of bikurim, it's no good. Says the Gemara, even matzos, matzos, riba. Now that we're saying that matzos, matzos said a bunch of times, and we're including wheat and barley, so why don't we take it further? After the bikurim nami, even if they happen to be bikurim, we should say it's good. Once we're saying matzos, matzos is, is greater, so then why can't we include it even more? And say that even bikurim itself, even bikurim itself can be good. So the Gemara says, "You're right." Hadar was choser. He retracted his view um, that we expound from mar. That's totally that's totally not the right thing. 
he retracted from this drasha that you can't be yotze from it's made from bikurim from our. We have a different source. The Tanya, as it says in the Brisa, Yachli Yitzu Adam Yechovasu Bikurim. You might think, says the Brisa, that you could be yotze your chivti matzah from bikurim. A kohen who was given bikurim to turn it into matzah and be yotze. Tamalav machomesh v'sechem tochlu matzos. Matzah nechazu machomesh v'sechem says when all your dwelling places are matzah, it can only be matzah that can be eaten anywhere. Yotze bikurim shenachom machomesh v'sechem that excludes bikurim because they can only be eaten in Yerushalayim. Okay, so that doesn't say anything yet because we don't know who's talking in the Brisa. That might be Rabbi Yosef We don't see there would be a kiva was chozer and he expounded on this, but now. We see because the price it continues. So you would say maybe we should exclude matzah from Maiser Shini as well in Yerushalayim because it cannot be eaten. Now that we're saying Bikurim, you can't be Yotze because it can't be eaten. Then maybe we should exclude Maiser Shini as well. We use Riba to include Maiser Shini in Yerushalayim that a person could, uh, could in fact. Could in fact use. So the Brisa asks, Since both Maiser Shani and Bikurim are meant to be in Yerushalayim, why are you including Maiser Shani with Matzos, Matzos, and excluding Bikurim because of Mohammed Shwasecha? Maybe say the opposite and say that Bikurim should be good and Maiser Shani should not be good. So the Gemara answer is, I want to say that it's more logical to include Maiser Shani. There is a way you could eat Maiser Shani in all your dwelling places. If it became Tommy, Right, if it became tameh, what's the halacha? You can be poded and 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 then eat it anywhere. So since it's not true in in, in an unequivocal sense that meiser sheni can never be eaten outside Yerushalayim, in the situation where it becomes tameh, you're poded and you eat it anywhere. So therefore, meiser sheni is qualifying for for But bikurim, you can never eat outside Yerushalayim. So therefore, it's not bchalmashvaseichem. You can't be yotze. Motani bikurim. That's why it's little bikurim. Shein lematu bchalmashvaseichem. There's never a case where it can be eaten anywhere. What is this din that there's a case of Maizu Shini that could be eaten anywhere? How do I know that Maizu Shini became Tameh? So you can redeem it after Yerushalayim, even once it's already brought to Jerusalem and it's been in the city. But once it becomes Tameh, the Allah is able to be put in anywhere. The Torah says you make the opinion because you can't carry it. So the Pashup shot is you can't carry it, you're too far away. Say so means to lift it. Maybe someone would say you can only be put outside of Yerushalayim, but if it became Tameh in Yerushalayim, maybe it's too late to be put So we say no. The word Seis means eating. Shinemar, it says by the, the meal with Yosef and his brothers, Vaisa Masos me of Masos means in that case food. So we see say so you can't eat it. It means you're in Yerushalayim, but it became Tameh. And the halacha is that you're allowed to be poted and then you can eat it wherever you want. So since in certain circumstances, Maestro Shani could be eaten anywhere, so therefore it qualifies. You could be Yotze Matzah with Maestro Shani Yerushalayim. Mashain can be Kurim, which never could be Yerushalayim, is not, is not good. So now, who's, now we understand who's talking in the Brysa. Who is the Tana? Who holds that Maestro Shani could be Yotze Matzah with it? Rabbi Akiva, it's only Rabbi Akiva, it's not Rabbi Yosek Lili. Remember back, we learned on the Amad Aleph, Rabbi Yosek Lili Darshan from that you cannot be Yotze with Maiser Shani. So it must be that the person talking, who's the author of the Brisa, is Rabbi Akiva. And still, what happened? In the Brisa, he said, you can't be Yotze because of Muhammad Shwasechem. So we see Shwamin Adabe, Rabbi Akiva has retracted his original position. It used to be that Rabbi Akiva was dodging that the reason you can't be Yotze Bikurim was compared to Mar. But that got us into deep water because then compared to Mar, and maybe say you can't use wheat or, 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 or barley bakhla. So in a Hanami, Rabbi Akiva completely retracted his position. We don't compare Mar. To the Mar, rather, Matzah Bikurim, you can't be Yosef because of Bechomash Vasechem. And Rabbi Kiva holds that Maiser Shani is fine, it's not excluded from Bechomash Vasechem because there is a scenario where Maiser Shani could be eaten outside your Shalim. Whereas Rabbi Yosef Aglili holds that even, even Matzah Maiser Shani cannot be Yosef with.
Now the Gemara goes back to Rabbi Yosi Haglili. Rabbi Yosi Haglili, he was the one who was saying Bikurim is excluded from Bechomosh Vosechem. Typically, Melechem Oni. Why doesn't he learn from, the, from, from, from his own drasha of Lechem Oni? He said Oni is red. Misha Balchon Oni, that it can only be, you can only eat matzah that can be eaten in the state of Aninus, that can be eaten as a bread of grief. So, and that, that should exclude the bread made of Bikurim, which can only be eaten with joy. Meaning, back in the, the drasha, we said, that we exclude miser, that we exclude miser sheni, uh, because it, it cannot be eaten in a state of grief. So why don't we also exclude bikurim? Because the gemara is assuming that bikurim cannot be eaten by an onin. So if it can't be eaten by an onin, we should also exclude bikurim from the lechem oni drasha. So why do we need the drasha? that expound the lechem oni like the olive, the bread of grief, and that's how we exclude miser sheni bread. You should exclude also bread of bikurim from there. So why do I need the drasha of Moshe vasechem? So the Gemara explains some of the Rebbe Shimon. Basically, holds like Rebbe Shimon that Bikurim could be eaten by an Onin. The Tanya Bikurim asks from the Onin. The Tanakhama says Bikurim can't be eaten by an Onin. This Adin has to be eaten by Simcha. Rebbe Shimon Matz. Rebbe Shimon allows it. Rebbe Yosef Aguli holds like Rebbe Shimon. So Bikurim actually is a bread of grief. So it could have been eaten out of out That's why we needed the new drasha of Bechol of Bechol Moshevoseichem. Okay, now the Gemara just wants to understand what the machlokas between Rabbi Shimon and the Rabbanan is about. And others, Meister Shani, the Torah says you have to eat it in a state of happiness, not a state of grief. It can't be eaten by an onin. But what's this machlokas talian about if you could eat bikurim in a state of grief? My time at the Rabbanan, the Rabbanan holding a bikurim cannot be eaten to an onin. It says in the Pasuk, don't eat anywhere the, the Meister, the Truma of Amar Rashi Masyatcha, the bikurim. The Pasuk says, Truma of your hand, that's bikurim. And we see there, it says a bunch of things you can't eat, out, eat outside Yushalayim in the Pasuk. So one of them is bikurim and one of them is Meister. So we make a hackish. Iskash Bikurim the Miser. There's a hackish between Bikurim and Miser. Ma Miser also alone. Just the Miser Shini is also to an onin as the Pasuk says, but fairish lachalti boni mimenu. A Bikurim also alone. So Bikurim should also be also. So that's how the Tanakhama knew that this Adin Bikurim is also to an onin. Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon is Mata Bikurim the onin. How does he disagree? Truma Karachmana because the Torah called Bikurim Truma. So Kachurma, we should compare it to Truma. Ma Truma Taras only just as Truma is Mutter to an onin. The Gemara in Yavamos learns that up from, uh, from a Jerusha. So just as Truma is Mutter to an onin, Ah, Bikurim Mutter La Onin. So to Bikurim are Mutter to, uh, to an Onin. So it comes out that Meister Shady the Torah says can't be eaten by an Onin. Truma could be eaten by an Onin. The question is what we do with Bikurim. The Tanakhama compares Bikurim to Meister's Aser, and Rav Shimon compares Bikurim to Truma and it's Mutter. Says the Gemara, another Kasher, Rav Shimon, even if he doesn't hold to the Hagash, between Bikurim and Meister, Simcha Me But it says by Bikurim, it says the concept of being happy. When a person brings Bikurim, it says he should be happy in front of Hashem. So if you have to be, bring Bikurim with a state of happiness, so it should be uttered by to it should be also to an onin. So how could we argue on like an explicit pasuk that the, the concept of simcha is related to Bikurim? So how could a person bring Bikurim when they are sad, when it's um, in a state of grief? So the Gemara says, "Ulas man It's not saying that Bikurim can't be eaten by an onin. It's saying that a person only brings Bikurim during the time of year when it's still the harvest season, when you're still besimcha, you're still besimcha because you got the new harvest. So you're full of joy because of all the new grain that you got, all the new money that you just made. So what is that time of year? Between Shavuos and Sukkot, that's the time between that you bring Bikurim and your kore, the declaration, the recitation that the Torah says there, and Parshas Kisavu you read. But after Sukkot until Hanukkah, maybe you could bring the Bikurim, there's no recitation because you're no longer so happy. The harvest time is totally completed. It's totally over. So since the harvest time is totally over, at this point, it's no longer after Sukkot. So it's not if you don't have it. So that's what we learn from Samachat We don't darshan up from Samachat a din that an onain is Asr and Bikurim. So that's Reb Shimon's, uh, Reb Shimon's opinion.
Okay. Now the Gemara moves on. Tan Rabbanon. Lechem Oni. It says, Lechem Oni. What does that mean? Poor man's bread. Parat lecholot You can't have bread which is um, scalded. So what exactly is this? So the Rishonim explained they used to like before it was even needed, they would put it in this very, very hot, boiling hot water, which would make a very good type of... Um, Type of uh, type of dough, and Ashisha Rashi says is a huge loaf that was like they would use it. You know, like sometimes if you'd have like a very chash of a guest, sometimes you'd like a sheva brachos type of thing. You know, a huge huge loaf. So it has to be poor man's bread. It shouldn't be a type of bread that rich people eat. So you it has to be poor man's bread. So maybe it should only be gross, disgusting type of thing. So meaning it should be like whole grains. You know that the brain hasn't been taken off. It should be bad type, bad type of uh, flour. But we use matzahs matzos to include that it could be a very good thing. It could be very high quality. Just it has to be the type of bread that a poor man eats. But the quality could be high. Even like the matzah that the king Shlomo would eat, meaning the best flour. The flour, the quality of the flour could be very high. It says lechamoni. Ashisha just excludes that you shouldn't have the, the scalded type of thing in the Ashisha where it's very big, where it's very big. That's excluded. But the quality of the flour itself, that could be very high. Now the Gemara just wants to know where do we see in Tanakh that the word Ashisha is used to describe something that is chashuv, that's important. It says, we're talking about when the, when the Aaron was brought to Yerushalayim, the Aaron was captured by the Pelishim, when it was finally returned, there was a lot of simcha and celebration when they brought it to Yerushalayim. So it says, It says, David, he's giving to everybody one loaf of bread, one eshbar and one ashisha. So what's an eshbar and an ashisha? An eshbar means meat that's a sixth of a bull. That's such a large amount of meat. Ashisha means a loaf of flour that was one sixth of an ephah, a tremendously large amount. It's actually a, 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 big, a big thing of wine. So it has nothing to do with an amount of flour. According to Shmuel, it's just that they also got uh, uh, some, some amount of wine there from Davin Amalek. So Al-Kopanim, what we're coming at is that the quality of the flour could be very high, but the... Um, but it can't be a type of, even a form of a type of bread that is reserved only for the very rich.